God is so good. Amen. It's good to see everybody here today. You may be seated. I want to just talk to you today. Yes, we are um, in really our a week of um, prayer and fasting. And uh, I'm so thankful because there are so many people. And I just um, was listening to a sermon of uh, a pastor in the area. Uh, and uh, they're doing prayer and fasting. And so really encouraged by that. How many believe that the church, we're a church. We're not just an independent group here, you know, we're, we're, a, we're part of, the, of a larger body, and so I'm thankful for that. I know a lot of people are doing that, and, and I, I thought, you know what, it, it's so good because here we are as a church, collectively, at one time, doing the same thing together. We're working together. So a lot of people say, well, we don't do anything together as a church. Yeah, we pray and fast as a church and around January, so we can say, hey, we're praying and fasting, and not just here in the area, but so many other people, um, I really appreciate and I glean from people like Jensen Franklin at Free Chapel who has just written tremendous principles on fasting and prayer and they do, just, they do it all the way. I mean, they're hardcore and so we really appreciate that. But just kind of a couple things I want to encourage you today in really in prayer, with prayer and fasting and really our daily life. I want to call this daily life. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 11. And um, sometimes you have long text, sometimes you have short text. And this is a short text. Amen. But a long sermon. Just kidding. Everybody was like, oh, great. <laughs> so Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. And I think it's a very familiar passage of Scripture to a lot of us. Jesus said this. <clears throat> he was really quoting a prayer. And he said, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. I want to talk to you a little bit about daily living or daily uh, life. In Matthew chapter 6, we also see all throughout the Bible that the Bible emphasizes and really what it does is it clearly declares that our relationship with the Lord is daily. Our relationship with God is a daily relationship. How many believe that a consistent relationship is a strong relationship? Amen. If you don't see somebody for a long time, you know, maybe once a year, how many know you can't say that you, you're really that close or a strong relationship? A marriage uh, that is uh, really together, intimacy together, communicates a lot, you know, really uh, is really uh, complimenting each other, talking, visiting, dating, uh, you know, that kind of marriage relationship usually turns out to be a strong one. Amen? Because there's a consistency there. And I believe that the Bible really kind of overemphasizes, if you will, uh, a relationship with the Lord that is daily. And so I, I see this in Matthew chapter 6. I, as I was reading the whole thing, you've got to read the whole chapter. And you, you, you look at the whole thing, really, as Jesus is teaching on three powerful things. And I like to talk about those things during the time of prayer and fasting, especially, is he's talking about three powerful uh, principles he teaches of these things. Number one, giving. Number two, prayer, and then fasting. So as we go through Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, Jesus is giving some tremendous principles about giving, uh, praying, and fasting. And so one of the things you realize is that, and then after that, in nine, verses 19 through 34, he talks about uh, material possessions. He talks about money management, if you will. He's talking about wealth, and he, then he's talking about provision. And uh, he mixes in a couple of the things that really tie everything together there as he's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And he says this, um, really, as he says, in the middle of it, he says, give us this day our daily bread. One of the things he's teaching about as he's talking about giving, praying, and fasting, if I could just, just throw out a few, things, a few things about fasting, is that Jesus is giving, really, us principles 
of the priorities of a believer. So is he saying that these are priorities in the life of a believer? Giving, praying, and fasting. How many believe that they're priorities in the life of a disciple? How many know prayer is a priority in our life? Amen. It's not, a, not an event. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a group that you join. It's not a you know, prayer night that you show up to. It's a lifestyle. Amen. It's not, it's not just a prayer time. It's a prayer life that God has called us to. And the same with giving. Giving is a, prayer, is a giving life. That's what God's called us to. God's called us to a life of fasting. And these are things that are priorities in the life of a believer. Amen. Right? And so we see this teaching in Jesus. But just give me... Just, a few moments and I'll throw some things out about fasting. One of the things that Jesus teaches about, about giving, praying and fasting, but especially fasting, since that's what we're doing, he says when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast, which really kind of communicates to us that it's not really something that's just optional, it's something that he expects us to do. It's something that is really a, a normal part of a Christian life, a Christian uh, walk with the Lord. I mean, it's just part of our everyday living or our normal daily life is fasting think about it it's something that we do uh, that isn't something that surprises us it's not something that you know that we are uh, you know uh, unfamiliar with it's something that we are very familiar with he said when you fast right come on when you fast how many know it's not a question if you go to the store it's when you go to the store because you have to go to the store in order to eat right Right? So he's saying when you pray, not if you pray, or it, when you fast. And fasting isn't, you know, for some it might be about weight loss, but it's about self-loss. Fasting is about losing yourself. It's not about weight loss, it's about self-loss. And I love the, uh, last week, the Talking Church episode on YouTube from Brother Andy Elms and um, there at Family Church. One of the things he was talking about in fasting is just the fact that it really is about, some, for him, it's about silencing other voices. And it's about really concentrating on the Lord. It's about silencing all the other things that sometimes drown out the voice of the Lord or sometimes distract us from our time with God. And this is a season that in time and with fasting, you can do that. You become sensitive to God. How many believe that? You become sensitive to the Lord when, when you're, you know, uh, fasting. I don't know about you, but I, I become sensitive to the Lord, but I also become sensitive to smells. Anybody? You can smell, you know, General So's cooking for a couple blocks, right? And you know exactly, amen, how large the portion is. So there's things like that. You just become sensitive. You become sensitive to the Lord and His voice. And there's sometimes like this refocus that comes in your life when you're fasting. There's almost like a realigning. You just kind of realign with what's important in your life. What's important in God's eyes. And you kind of get this realignment and this prior prioritizing. And, and, uh, and so for some it becomes, and it's really neat how the Lord designed it. Because it's actually designed, the Lord designed fasting. One of the things is it actually is like a detox. It's like a cleansing of your body. Isn't that good? The Lord loves us so much. He wants us to get all the potato chips out and everything that's bad for us. I mean, it's just like a detox, you know, and especially now uh, at this time of the year, it's just, it's so good. But, you know, with prayer and fasting isn't about what you lose, it's about what you gain. And I think that's what's important, and that's the communication that Jesus gives here. It's talking about prayer and fasting is not what you lose. Many times we focus on what you're giving up, but God wants us to look at what we're gaining, what we're, what we're, what we're receiving from Him. Amen. That's so important. And I think it's good to view fasting as feasting on God, feasting on Scripture, feasting on prayer, feasting on spiritual things, and kind of 
withdrawing yourself from physical things or natural things. Uh, and, and the most, most common would be food. But how many know that sometimes when you think to yourself, you know, and when, how many know if you think about food long enough, you'll get hungry? Well, how many know if you think about God enough, you're going to get hungry for Him? You're going to get desperate for Him. You're going to get a passion for Him and His presence and His Word. And so look at fasting as a feasting on spiritual things. Uh, so many times prayer is about getting God's attention. But I believe that fasting is about God getting our attention. How many know sometimes it's hard for God to get your attention? Hello, over here, over here, hello, right here, right here. Focus, focus, right? But fasting has that way of God getting our attention, right? Amen. How many think some of you, you view your life as you're just kind of that goldfish. You're, you have like a 20 second, you know, uh, you know, memory. You just, you know, you're just that guy, you know, you're distracted so easy. You just can only, you know, like one of those little dogs, you can only keep your attention for so long, right? And, and, and so sometimes we're like that, but God gets our attention when we fast. Look at Matthew chapter 6, and I just want to go through a couple things uh, and then make another point. In Matthew chapter 6, um, we define it, and Jesus begins to define it here a little bit. And I want to go through it because if you read it, it's just tremendous principles. Just a few things. Number one, Jesus says this, don't be a hypocrite. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, don't be a hypocrite. That's one of the very first things he says, and he says it about all three. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be like the Pharisees, he says at one point. But he said, don't be a hypocrite. In other words, if you read it, he said, don't make fasting, giving, or praying an outward show of your spirituality. Don't, don't do it to impress people. Don't put on an act. That's what hypocrite means, to put on an act, to, 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 to be like an actor or put on a mask. Don't wear a mask when it comes to praying or giving and fasting. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't make prayer about a religious demonstration. Don't, uh, you know, I haven't seen anybody do this. I don't know of anybody that brags about fasting, but I guess Jesus said there, back in the day there was people that did this. They went around and they actually blew trumpets and horns in the city and had people parading in front of them and, you know, their little, little you know, servant guys, you know, whatever, and, and waiters and, and, oh, we're fasting today, we're so holy, you know. How many know you may not do that naturally, but sometimes spiritually we can do that. We can get caught up with just making a show. I need to come to church. I need to get my praise on. Just show everybody how spiritual I am. But how many know inside you're really dead and you're not alive? And there's a numbness. And God, God you know, Jesus is teaching this. Don't do it to do it before man. Do it before God. That's very important, isn't it? And then he said this, a second thing. Look what he said. He said, a reward is coming. A reward is coming. I think many times we think of an eternal reward, but very little of an earthly reward from the Lord. And yet, our lives revolve around all these earthly accomplishments and not enough around eternal accomplishments. I mean, sometimes we don't realize this, and I don't think about this a whole lot. Maybe it's because we don't want to seem too arrogant before the Lord. I'm going to get a reward. I'm going to re get a reward. But you know what? If you're going to reward yourself, that's pride. But when God rewards you, it's humbling. You ever notice that? There's just something humbling about God's re rewards and blessings. You know, anybody that takes God's blessing and turns it into pride, really it's not about God, it's about them. And so the Lord said, well, you're on your own, right? That's what he said about these guys. He said they have their own reward. They do it for people. They do it, and they have their reward. And guess what their reward is? That. <laughs> That's all they've got. They've just got a big show. They've got a lot of noise. They've got a big demonstration, but very little life. 
Wow. So the reward is coming, Jesus talked about. Jesus said in all three things, when it comes to giving, when it comes to uh, praying, when it comes to fasting, a reward is coming. And Jesus teaches several times in his teachings, in all, all through the, if you read the four Gospels and what Paul taught, many times, I believe Jesus teaches this, that several times about a reward, there's a reward for practicing religion, and there's a reward for practicing righteousness. How many know Jesus said if people that practice religion... They get a reward. It's not much, but they get it, right? But Jesus said those that practice righteousness, there's a heavenly reward, right? What does that mean? Does that mean it's, it's just when we get it in, in eternity and we'll get a reward? No. Jesus teaches that there is earthly rewards from God. How many would like to see God give you something rather than you make it up yourself? Oh my word, that's so much better, isn't it? When God gives you something, it's amazing, it's awesome, and it's eternal, and it's blessed. When you kind of cook it up yourself, it's not so great. Right? And so Jesus teaches us that. You can say amen if I talk about you. So, Jesus also mentioned this, that there's a public demonstration versus a private application. A public demonstration versus a private application. What does that mean? He said here, there's people that give. He said when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Meaning, don't brag about it. Just let it be common. Let it be every day. Let it be part of your nature. You just give to people. You see a need. You meet a need. You just give. You're a generous person. You know, you give out a heart of compassion and love. Come on. And he said, there's people that do it for a show. He said, but you do it in such a way that there's private. It's in private. It's in secret. He said, when you pray, go to your father who's where? In secret. He's not in public. He's in secret. And he said this principle, he said that the miracles in public are a result of the prayers in private. And he also taught this, that the blessings in public are the result of giving in private. And the gifts of the Spirit in public are the result of fasting in private. So how many know there's public demonstration and then there's private application? And I love that about the Lord. You, you know, how many know when you just, wherever you are, God wants to hear you and he loves to hear you and he's there with you and you're praying and you're, wherever you are, in your car, whatever, whatever you're, you know, many people talk about a prayer closet as I had back in the day and I believe that's necessary but sometimes, you know, you're stuck in traffic and that's, that's where you pray. <laughs> Amen? That, that's what you got and so that's fine. But but he's saying that those prayers that you do in your car for your loved ones, how many know the Bible says that God wants to make a demonstration of public miracles? He wants there to be a manifestation of the prayers that are done in private. Amen. He also taught this. He taught us uh, the, the where, the what, and the how of prayer. In verse 6, we call it the Lord's Prayer. And then he talked us, uh, uh, taught us and he talked about the priorities in daily living. And so in verses 19 through 34, he talks about the priorities in daily living. He also talks about that along with prayer, he talks about forgiveness. And along with fasting, he talks about our physical needs. I thought that was interesting. Um, here, when he talks about giving and praying and fasting, he makes it very clear that these are kingdom principles or kingdom priorities in daily living. These are kingdom priorities. That God, these are godly things. These are from the Lord. These are things that the Lord wants us to practice on a daily basis in daily living. Priority, if you've ever noticed things about priority, priority really accommodates sacrifice. Priority accommodates sacrifice. How many know when something's a priority, sacrifice isn't that big of a deal. You'll sacrifice things for it because it's a priority. Come on, your children and their health, that's a priority. 
And so you'll sacrifice your own personal health, your own, own personal comfort, come on, for your family. Is that right? Why? Because they're a priority. And so th this is what happens. A priority, you know, really accommodates sacrifice. Priority isn't hindered by sacrifice. How many of I'm talking about? I mean, if it came to your family and, and, and your friends, you'd choose your family. Or if it came to your, to your kids and, and your, you know, whatever, a, a car, a fancy car, an expensive car, you'd choose your kids. Right? I hope you do. I hope you did. And, um, amen. And so that's the way it is. I like this too in verse 11. It's so clear. He says, daily bread. Give us this day, today. Our daily bread. Give us this day our needed bread. What we need. The bread we need now. As one translation says. So he's, this prayer is a prayer of acknowledgement. He says to the Lord. Our Father. Acknowledgement. Give us. So it's acknowledgement. And it's a request. How many know that's what prayer is? And it's an acknowledgement. It's from the Lord. Lord, Lord you've got to give me. God, I need it from you today. God, I need you today. How many know Prayer is, is we're talking about here, is acknowledgement and request, but it's an important request. Today I need this. God, today I need you. God, today I need this. God, today I need daily. I need it today. I've got to have something very, very important for my life today. This is what he's saying. Give us this day our daily bread. When we say daily bread, we think, you know, well, it might mean, you know, we, we don't look at bread as like they used to look at bread. Bread was a staple. You, at some points, you, I mean, some places back in history, that's all you had was bread at times. How many know what I'm talking about? And if you were wealthy enough to have wheat bread, God bless you, but most of the common people had barley for bread. And it was a different type. It was a poor man's bread. And so even they were requesting for this poor man's bread. God, I just need you today to give me my daily bread. Looking to the Lord for everything, anything, come on, it comes from God. And so this is what he's saying, is a complete and utterly dependence on the Lord. How many know there's a difference when you're praying for what car to buy and then what to eat today? It's a big difference in your prayers. What color car should I get today, Lord? Guide me. That's different than praying, I need some food today. I don't have any food today, Lord. How many know it's a different kind of prayer? It's different when you're praying for help on a test or if you're praying for someone who's sick in the ICU. There's a little bit of a difference in the prayer. And this kind of intensity is what he's talking about here. Don't just let it be, help me today, give me this, can I do that, can I... No, he's saying it needs to be an urgent, a, a kind of an earnest prayer, a deep sense of if you don't, I won't have. That's what he's saying. So Lord, give me today from you what I need today. Amen? How many know that's like that? Daily devotions, we talk a lot about that. And I, I love to talk about daily devotions because that's really what it's about. And daily devotions are really daily seeking, if you look at it that way. And I like to think of it this. I like this quote. It says, my daily devotions are a response to his daily pursuit of me. How many believe that? Anybody? Or is your daily devotion just something you get through? It's a religious exercise. It's just an obligation so you can brag on you version that you've completed it. You know, I don't know. Amen? Look how many Bible studies I can do. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't brag about that. But my daily devotions are really when I sit down and I pray and I seek the Lord, I fast and I read the Word, 
it, think about it, it is a response to his pursuit of me. I don't know if we realize how much God is pursuing us. I don't, re I don't think we realize how much God is interested in being with us every day. Maybe you think that it's, it's all about he's way out there in the galaxies and we've got to scream and yell and beg for him. No, he's there beside us when we're sleeping waiting for us to get up so he can talk to us. He's there at work. We're just waiting for us to take a pause and, and just talk about him a little bit so he can show himself and his love to somebody else. I mean, he's constantly pursuing us. Does anybody believe that? Come is this right? I believe this is our kind of understanding as believers that God, I'm not just, I'm not just here. You know, how many know it's not a one-sided relationship? Number one, he's not always giving me stuff. And number two, I'm not always constantly begging. It's not that kind of relationship. That's a dysfunctional relationship. But a healthy relationship is when uh, I'm pursuing my wife and she's pursuing me at the same time. That's pretty good, isn't it? Now that's romance, and I'm telling you that's good. Amen? And that's what we're in, this relationship with the Lord. And so every time I get up and I begin to pray and seek the Lord, talk about how good He is and how thankful I am and, and praying for people I'm concerned about, listen, I am pursuing, I, I mean, I, I'm really kind of uh, uh, re responding to His pursuit to meet my needs and hear my prayers. Amen, that's what the Bible says. But unfortunately, unfortunately, I believe that we as a people, in our society and our culture, we've become conditioned to ask for more than we need in life. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? I, I don't know. If it, I mean, it, we, I think we're conditioned to ask for what we don't need. That's just, you know, it's commercialism. It's the culture we live in. It's the Western world. That's, we, we have a tendency. We, we we're bent towards this. We bent, are bent towards asking for things that we don't need or things more than we need. God, I want you to give me stuff, and I want you to give me more stuff than my neighbor has. <laughs> I want to live better than they. No, no, how many know that's, that's cultural? I mean, that's, that's not what God teaches us. I mean, the Bible teaches us that God wants us to, to give us an overabundance of himself and just enough for life. Did you know that? I'm so unpopular with this, this prosperity gospel. Anyways, in Proverbs 16.8, it says, Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Daily bread. I'm depending on the life of God every single day. I like to think this. I don't have a life without engaging in His life every day. Can we think of that that way? I don't have a life. I just don't have a life outside of His life, and I need to engage in His life every day in order to have a life. Amen. Amen. So we can, I believe that we can tell the world that there's life after death, but I think most people are wondering, is there life before it? Amen? And this daily walk with the Lord is something that we can enjoy and tell other people about, that this isn't something about you go to church, you, you kind of just make a little decision, fill out a decision card, and then someday you go to heaven. This is a daily relationship with God Almighty. The one who created you, the one who watched you being formed in your mother's womb, the one who, who formed your eyebrows, your eyelashes, your fingernails, the one who cared about you from the very beginning, when you were just a thought, an idea, God loved you. Amen? 
That's amazing. And he wants to have a very close relationship with you. I love that. Something that defines just and, and talks a little bit about this and kind of explores this a little bit more is in Psalms chapter 63. I've talked about this before about daily devotions, but I love this principle here in Psalms 63. Let me read it to you. Psalm 63 verse 1 and 4. This is a psalm from David, written by David when he was in the wilderness of, uh, of Judah. He was actually running from Saul and he was in the wilderness, very barren place. And he said, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land, physically where he was, where no water is. It was in the desert. To see your power and to see your glory, just like I did when I saw it in the sanctuary. So he was in the, in the wilderness and he's praying about what God did back then in the sanctuary. This is daily seeking. Early will I seek you. This kind of just explores a little bit about and kind of expand this thing about, this thought about daily seeking. Let me just explain a few things about early will I seek you. And I've talked about this before, but I think it means three things. Three things. Number one is in the morning. How many know when you hear the word early? How many know you're not an early bird? Anybody? When you think of early, great. Think of in the morning. Early risers. I'm not an early riser. That's okay. It still means that. Or in the morning. It means early. In the morning. The first thing in the morning. First thing in your day. Starting your day out. Daily. Every day. Um, the Bible says that mercies are what? New every day. Every what? Morning specifically. Every morning. So whether you wake up at, at 4.30 or whether you wake up at 11.30, mercies are brand new for you. Amen. Or some of you wake up at 7.30 at night. That's your day. That's how it rolls. Um, because of work. I don't know. Maybe you're just a sleeper. In the morning. So God knows. I love this because one of the things I understand is that God knows my heart, but he loves to hear your voice. And David, one of the things he said is, Lord, first thing in the morning, will I lift my voice to you. You'll hear it first thing in the morning. Amen. The second thing it really implies here is it means early in life. Not just early, when he says early will I seek you, it's not just in the morning, it means early in life. What does that mean? It means before you have to, before trouble comes. How many know it's good to seek the Lord, right? Before those times, before you have to. How many have ever been in the place and most of us seek the Lord when we have to? That's good. God loves that stuff. He responds to that. But how many know most of us are, are right there? We could say, well, Brother Matt, I'm probably a guy that, you know, prays when I have to. When things get really bad, that's when I seek the Lord. You know what? How many know God still loves that? Amen. But do it early, before you have to. Before decisions and choices and important things come up. I'm not talking about what candy to eat today. I'm talking about relationships and things that you need in your life and all those things that are important and uh, choices and decisions. Early in life also means about the future. You know, about praying about it and seeking the Lord about it. And also it means while you're young. That's what it means, early. Early will I seek you, early in my life. Early in the, the Bible teaches that it's good for a young man to seek the Lord and find God when he's young, right? That's what it says in Samuel. Samuel was a, a little boy. He heard the voice of God. And I think that's imperative for all our kids is that they learn to hear God at a young age. And I don't mean, you know, they're not probably not going to hear about mature way, in ways that we would hear God. But what I mean by that is they're going to know God. They're going to recognize God. They're going to see it. They're going to understand it. Something's going to click what, who God is and what he wants for their life and how much he loves them. And I think that's important while you're young, early in life. And then the third thing that really early will I seek you 
It means uh, with all your heart. It means with your whole heart. That's what it means. It means sincerely and on purpose and consistently. Uh, you know, notice what he says here. He says, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in where I'm at, in my situation, where I live. How many know God wants to move in your home? He wants to live, he wants to move where you're at. Amen? Some of us aren't where other people are at. Some of us are going through difficult situations. Uh, you know, most of us are very imperfect and we're not there yet. Come on, somebody. Amen. Whatever that means, there is. But my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. I love that. Because one of the things it describes is a physical passion for God. See, that's what fasting is. Fasting is saying, my soul or my flesh longs for you. Not just my heart. Come on, we can say that any day of the week. And we can do that in church every Sunday. Oh, my lo I love God, I love God. But you know, when you fast, it shows that your physical body wants God. That's pretty important, isn't it? Amen? Because why? Because passion should never divert from godly priorities. See, passion. My, my passion should, whatever my passion is in life, whatever my desires are, they should never get me away from God's priorities for me in my life. Never get me away from that. Never. So fasting is a way that my whole being, my whole body, soul, and spirit is engaged in the pursuit of God. It's a way for all of me, my whole heart, sincerely and on purpose and consistently to be involved in a seeking after, living for God, a knowing God, wanting more of the Lord in my life. And so I believe that one of the things that it means here when it talks about you know, your whole heart, and David said uh, many times, he said, I, with my whole heart I will pray, my whole heart I will sing to you. It means to search for with painstaking and seeking diligent with all your heart. How many of the type of people that you're like me that if you lose something or misplace something, you go sleepless until you find it? I mean, it could be a Lego piece. Come on, somebody. You tear the house apart. You, you, go, you go backwards through your day, what I did, what I thought, what I said, you know, until you find it. Come on, it could be a piece of paper. Anybody? Right? Is that you? Oh, that's, it drives me nuts. Some people are like, ah, I can't find it, no big deal. I'm not, not me. I mean, I'm just, it bothers me, and I keep talking about it. I wonder where that is. I left it. I have to look at every pants pocket. You get them out of the drawer, and every coat pocket. Come on, anybody? Then you got to, that means you got to dig out the coat closet. You look at, even look in hats, and you look in under, the, you know, you move the couch, and come on. Can we be that way with the Lord? Can we be that way with the Lord? Someone said this, that they want to seek God as if they might miss him. That's how intense they are about seeking God. I might not hear him today. I might not see him today. I might miss him today. That's pretty intense, isn't it? Amen? Not, I'm not talking about, oh, i got to pray because then God won't love me anymore. I'm not talking about that kind of religious stuff. I'm talking about I want to see God today. I want to know God today. Uh, daily, every day, I want to see his provision. I want to see his goodness. I want to see God every single day. Why? Because seeking God is seeing God. When you seek for God, you will find him. So seeking God is seeing God, as we talked about last week. That's why it's important. Blessed are those that appear in heart, for they will see God. Those that are focused, those that are committed, those that are earnest, those that are seeking the Lord with their whole heart. That's what it means to be a daily relationship with the Lord, is to seek the Lord with all your heart. How many believe that? Amen? How many believe that? Amen. I'm going to shock everybody. I'm going to have you stand on your feet. Amen today. So Jesus talks about, in Matthew chapter 6, 
very important priorities in our lives as believers. Giving, praying, and fasting. Notice something just about Psalms 63, and I want to finish up on this because this is where we're at right now. Psalm 63, not only did he say, he said, Lord, I, 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 wanna, I want you to come. I, I, I need to find you. My, my soul, my thirst for you, my flesh longs for you. This is what he said. Why? Because I want to see your power and I want to see your glory in the desert where I am, where I live, just like I saw it in the sanctuary. David was in the wilderness when he prayed this. And he said, I want to see your power. I want to see your glory. I want to see you. David cried and said, I want to see you move in the wilderness just like you moved in the sanctuary. I want to see you move in the world just like you move in the church. I want to see you live in my, in my life just like I see it in the Bible. Come on. I want you to move today. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. God, today I need you. Today I need you. Right now. And everything in my heart and my soul. That's why fasting, it helps us with our flesh. is crying out for God. And it's involved in the pursuit of God. Let's engage you know, our bodies, our soul, our hearts, everything during this time of seeking after God and knowing God and hearing from God. Amen. Let this be a time where you're not just worried about weight loss, but you're worried about self-loss. Where you're actually going to peel away some things and God's going to show you to detox from them some things. And, and you realize in this time of fasting what's important. You realize who is important and why it's important. And you begin to prioritize your life. Wow, God, praying is so important. I need to do this. Giving to other people is so important. Fasting is so important. I need to do this. Because when I do this, I begin to walk in and move in this daily relationship with you. Aren't you glad that it's not a one-way relationship? Aren't you glad for that? That when we pray, when you get up this morning or tonight, before you go to bed, whatever you do, whatever you do, praying, fasting, getting in the Word, I'm going to tell you something. Again, it's a response to God's pursuit of you. Aren't you glad that God pursued you? Anybody? Or do we have some really good sinners in here? No. God pursued you. Where you were. God came looking for you. He extended an invitation to His enemy. He loved His enemy. That was you. He gave an invitation to somebody that didn't even want him, that didn't even love him. He gave his life for us. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says in Romans, what the least we can do, the least we can do because of all that he did for us, amen, is respond and say, God, I love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you for this season. We will bless you in this season of fasting. We declare it at corporate fast, Lord. We don't say that everybody has to fast and everybody has to fast the same way. But we want to take this time and set it aside and recognize you and look at you closer. And, and Lord, draw closer to you a little bit more during this time than we have the last year, Lord. We say, Lord, that, Lord, you're going to continue to uh, pursue us as we pursue you. And, Lord, I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that as we do this, we're going to find our daily bread. In Jesus' name.